Hey everyone, welcome to the Lancaster Golf Performance Podcast. Each week on the show, we talk golf at a high level. Whether it be short game, putting, ball striking, and biomechanics, mental game, nutrition, or your favorite players, we cover it. Some weeks we will have guests on, either high level players or coaches, and other weeks we will break down important parts of building a high level of performance on and off the golf course. For context, Lancaster Golf Performance comes from a deep family history of amateur, NCAA, and professional golf experience. We are comprised of three brothers, two of us made it to the NCAA Division I, while one still pursues the game to the highest level, and the other is a certified swing biomechanist with Scott Cokes, and a certified health and nutrition practitioner with the Paul Check Institute. We have been lucky to be trained by PGA Tour coaches, and it's our goal to get all of our students to achieve their highest potential. If you want to get in touch with us, have a discussion, a free consult, or work with us exclusively, message us on Instagram at Lancaster Golf Performance or at LancasterGolfPerformance.com. I hope you enjoy the show as much as we do hosting it. Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Lancaster Golf Performance Podcast. And this week on the podcast, we have a special guest, Johnny Trevally. So Johnny is a dear friend of ours, someone we grew up playing golf with. We had the same coaches, played at the same golf courses, or from the same town. And to this day, still have a lot of shared experiences within golf. And right now, Johnny is at a very exciting time of his golf career, entering into the third year as an NCAA Division I golfer. Started his first year at Kent State, and now he's at UCF as a member of the team. And last year was a big breakout year in his golfing experiences as he won an NCAA tournament with the field with many of the top 100 in the country playing in it. Uh, it was featured on Golf Channel. It was a pretty cool moment to see our good friend win a tournament. And at this point, Johnny is at a level where he's trying to get his game to the next level. So we kind of get an insight on where he's at with that. Specifically, too, as the quarantine kind of hits us all and what he's doing to prepare for when the tournaments actually finally start again. And then the other piece is we're going to kind of go through his origin story and what he's going to focus on in his game going forward to get to the next level. So it was a great chat. If you're a junior golfer, a NCAA golfer, you're trying to get into the NCAA or even you're trying to go professional, I think this is a great chat to listen into. So I hope you enjoyed as much as we did shooting it. And if you have any comments, please message us at our Instagram account. And yeah, I look forward to hearing from you. Enjoy. When I'm at school, like I'll wake up in the morning and I'll foam roll right away. And then I'll stretch after I foam roll. So I'll usually foam roll for about like 10 minutes and then I'll stretch for 10 minutes in the That's morning and then I'll go to practice. And then I'll stretch and then I'll use like uh like those massage guns oh, like oh, like a, a Theragun. yeah those Theraguns. Yeah, yeah a couple of my buddies have them on the team and and i'll just and i'll then i'll use that before i practice or play if it's, or whatever i'll use that before i go or swing or anything that thing's unbelievable i've never used one but i've had like a deep tissue massage where like a physiotherapist like dug his thumbs into like tight joints is it kind of the same thing yeah yeah this is just man this is unbelievable like i'm, I'm definitely gonna invest in one for sure yeah do I wouldn't that one. Like I'd feel weird not playing, being that loose now. Like tournaments and stuff. Wow. When I go to tournaments, because like we play like some good events. Like so, when we go to events, like we stroll up there and there's a physio guy on deck, so you can go there in the right in the morning, get stretched, do whatever you want to do, and then 
then I use the Theragun after, and then I start my warm up. So it's yeah, the stretching is definitely like I take it so serious now. That's yeah, it'll prolong your career. Like you know, thinking about back like twenty years ago, when Tiger was starting out, like he probably wasn't stretching a whole lot. He was probably just naturally flexible. Yeah, right? I mean, you look at guys like that too, right? Like Tiger was like a little skinnier. Like he wasn't like thicker build, and I mean. Like, at least when he was young, like, after when he got on tour, he got a little bigger, and I'm sure he took it a lot more serious. But when he was probably, like, younger, younger in junior days, I wouldn't I wouldn't think that all that stuff would be as important as it is now, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, it's – I'm trying to, like, add my two cents when, when I can because we were doing the online chat. But, um, Johnny, like, did you, did you say you have a physio guy at your tournaments? Yeah, mostly. That's unreal. Wow. Mostly every time we'll – so like whoever's hosting the event will uh, will send to like their team trainer or like whatever um, to the event and they just stay there all like usually like two people rotate one guy's there in the morning and then another person's there um, after rounds. That's pretty sick. Yeah, man. I, I if I remember when I caddied you at the USAM qualifier, I feel like you weren't doing as much stretching. Maybe then. Maybe I just don't remember. But I feel like you're almost like your first year at UCF. Maybe it's changed your perspective on it. Yeah, for sure. I don't think I was doing as much stretch. I definitely wasn't doing as much stretching, stretching last summer for sure. Yeah. Uh, now I do it like yeah. Now it's now it's like crazy. You see, it was from UCF and stuff. Seeing my trainer over there, and he's just like always harping on me to like stay mobile. And and then like I started realizing I started like swinging it way better, and I just felt way better like being loose. Mm. Like everything was just so much is was just so much easier, especially like when I get. Like, I'll get, like, my back released. So, like, he'll, like, push into, like, my glutes and, like, all in my low back. And it'll release, like, my whole up to, like, my mid-back. And I feel, wow. like, I feel, like, brand new. It's crazy. So, I do that, like, at school. Like, I'm seeing my trainer, like, once a day. If not, once every two. Like, at least out of the seven days, I'm seeing him five, probably. That's intense. Wow. Yeah. So, so like, it, when it – Why not? Yeah. A lot of guys don't utilize it. And it's kind of – I think it's kind of dumb. Well, that's what I was going to say. How many guys on the team would would use it? Not to, like, pick yeah, on anyone. But. I'm the one who utilizes it the most. And I push it for the other guys, too. Like, I push it for them. And then I've seen, like, a lot of them start go to see them, and and which is good. But, yeah, I'm usually – no one was using it. I was using it in me one, and one other guy who takes it pretty serious. And then I'm not really no one. And now kind of everyone's been using it now. Because it's awesome. a lot. Yeah. So now it's, now it's a little better. But – it's probably one of those things that until you you have a scare with an injury, you don't realize the importance of it, right? Because I think yeah. up until the point where you uh, you know you, you feel like you're invincible to a certain extent, and then you have that first scare, it's like oh, there's it's a very controllable thing, right? To, to yeah. just put that time into stretching. Yeah. No, exactly. Yeah, it makes my swing feel great too. Like I hit it so much better when I'm stretched and I'm loose. It's actually it's so funny. Like when I start like hitting it bad and like. I see some things in my swing and instead of like kind of freaking out and saying, you know what, maybe this or that, I first thing I think of is like, did I just stretch like well enough today? And like what I do last night before bed, because I stretch like I foam roll and make sure I stretch before bed because I almost feel like stretching before bed is more important almost than stretching. I mean, they're both important, but I feel like stretching at night is more important than stretching in the morning because if you only stretch in the morning, you go that whole day without stretching other than in the morning. And then you go to bed for, and I'm getting at least nine hours a night. And then yeah. I wake up and then, you know, I'm tight. So I think, I think it's better to just foam roll and stretch like morning and night. At least that's mm-hmm. what I've found. And then seeing my guy, 
like the physio guy during the day. Mm. I'll never have any issues doing that. So when you're uh, in season, are you doing any workouts or is it just stretch? Like, yeah, is, no, is that we still, yeah, we still do workouts. It, they're a little lighter, but I mean, we're still doing like, uh, just like stuff like we don't do, use a lot of barbells anymore. Like I don't do any, like, not like a Kent state. Um, like we don't do any like back squats and like stuff like that, like cleans and jerks and stuff that we were doing over there because I mean, deadlifting and all that i really don't think there's a need for that but i mean like we just do like a lot of like we still use like uh dumbbells and stuff we do a lot of like bulgarian split squats and um just like a lot of body weight stuff too but like i'm still like staying strong and and getting it done it's just like we're not doing like kind of like there's no point i don't think there's any real point for a golfer deadlifting like 300 pounds and like mm-hmm. don't even really need to back squat and like front squat like you could like it's great but I mean, if you're strong enough and you're holding the dumbbells in your hands and squatting, like, I feel like that's even better because you're not putting any stress on your back or anything. Yeah. That's, it's so different that like, it's, it's actually, I'm kind of shocking me a little bit because when I was at Eastern Michigan, um, we, we didn't have any like stretching on the team. Like we would just show up to the golf course that was available that day and just go and play. And maybe that was like, just because it was Eastern Michigan, like we were like 60 or 70th ranked. Um, and then I think it got up to like 150th ranked probably when I joined the team, <laughs> but, um, like, yeah, we, we didn't have any of those kind of systems built in. Um, so again, it could have just been like the school or it could have just been 10, uh, seven years ago, um, where there's just not those systems there. I mean, even like when we were like 16, 17, I would, the only stretches we would do would be like, we'd see Miguel on Hell Jimenez on the range doing those like knee dances and we would do shit like that. Yeah. yeah. There's no science to work to it you know um yeah again i don't know if it was just like where we grew up or if that's like 10 years ago like juniors just wouldn't consider doing stuff like that yeah and you know what i still don't think juniors probably consider like to do stuff like that because like i mean like because juniors are young right like 14 and stuff like that like i look at i look at like my sister she's third or uh she's turning 14 in june and i'm thinking to myself i go when I was that age, like I wasn't gonna just think about like stretching and yeah. how much yeah, like, like enforcement apparently. Yeah, it just kinda happened and like and it also depends like um like Chris, you were saying like you didn't do that at Eastern Michigan and stuff. It really just depends on the school man because I didn't stretch a lot over at Kent State either and like the trainer I had there, like mm. I mean really harp on things like that. And um uh, yeah, I don't want to bash anyone or anything like that, but it's just like a totally different vibe at UCF. It's just like, um, it's a big school. Like it's not, um, one sport that's great. Like pretty like basically every sport we have is good. Every sport excels there. So they take like the athletics super seriously. So like, I remember when I hurt my back and, uh, after I won that event in October, it didn't hit me till like November. I started after my birthday. And man, I remember within like a week, within a week, I was seeing top-notch doctors. And, and then three days after that, I had an injection within 10 days of like getting and like seeing these people like getting like within those 10 days, I had an x-ray, an MRI, saw two um, specialists and had an injection within like 10 days. Wow. Right. Just like you have those, you have stuff like that. And it's just, all happen so fast and there's just like they don't even give you a chance to like re-injure it or make it get worse or mm-hmm. let it get so that's good. 
Man, I, I thought I was special East from Michigan because on Tuesdays we would get 50% off at B-dubs because we were part of the golf team. <laughs> <laughs> Buffalo Wild Wings. Go yeah. Off, we just go Die. off as a team and then show up the next morning at the golf course like everyone's stiff and full of chicken wings. It's probably why I didn't only lasted like a semester. That's intense though. Like that's actually an interesting point because like it, it's just something that wasn't taken seriously. And I, I wonder now if like, is it like a UCF thing, like a big school thing that creates that, that environment for that kind of health? Or is it just like you can find D2 schools or D3 schools like that? I don't know if you have any buddies that you can be like, oh, wow, they have that kind of system at uh, their school. Yeah, I don't really have – I don't know for sure, but just from off – just off firsthand experience, I'm going to say it's got to be a school thing. Yeah. Um, just because the – yeah, I, I, I'm going to have to – I'm going to have to go with it's a school thing because I'm going to assume that all, like, the bigger schools get that kind of – treatment and I was and I'm gonna have to you know as bad as it is like maybe like the lower end schools maybe don't get as much of it just because money standpoint right like you got schools like Texas and stuff like the amount of stuff the amount of money that's going like getting pumped into schools like that Mm. you know what I like just from football and basketball and like a school as big as that or even like UCF like we like we bring in like so much so much money and it's like not even compared comparable to schools like Ohio State or schools like um Auburn or, or stuff like that like they're just bringing in massive amounts massive amounts of money mm. yeah they just have more resources at their disposal so uh Johnny kind of like take us back to when um <clears throat> we met um you know back when you were like six years old we were probably 11 12 years old growing up at the same golf course and uh like what were some of the uh the things that you and your dad did growing up in terms of building habits in your golf game I know yeah. you guys spend you know mental amount of hours on the putting green yeah on that crappy slope putting green we all grew up on. Tell us about like, what are the things that you did in particular with your short game to develop it? Yeah. Um, honestly, like my dad would always look up drills and, you know, do all stuff, sorts of stuff like that, watching golf channel and stuff. I really would, wasn't at that age. I wasn't really watching golf and I wasn't really like into it as much as I am now for sure. He would always pull me out, pull me out of the house and like, let's go, let's go. So like I gotta hand the I gotta hand him that one, and he was always on me to use to do short game and work on putting. When my putting, oh my god, when I was a kid, my putting was so bad, right? Like I remember playing like CJGA events when I was like seven and eight, or like more like six, seven in the air in that area, and just like four putting greens, like three putting. My dad would like pray I would just three putt or two putt. So I was just like, yeah, just even out there. I would work on it so much at Glendale and just going out late night with him, like on course too. And yeah, yeah it was a little bit of a grind for uh, a little bit. I wasn't, everybody goes through a little area. I think when they're a kid and they don't exactly enjoy it, it's more their parents pushing them. And I think that happened when I was a little younger, but um, I'm happy he did do that. And cause now, you know what? I, I love it now. And I don't think I would have been here without it. If he, if he wouldn't have pushed me, I probably wouldn't have done it for those just like that little couple of years. Right. Mm-hmm. And in my perspective and in my opinion, I think everybody um, kind of needs that push unless you're super special and have that kind of uh, drive at that young of an age. But you know, it's hard to, it's hard for me to look at like young kids now and see an 11 year old or a 10 year old, like having a drive to do and practice something like that every day, just like with the, your attention span, like at that young, like I feel like it's tough. Right. And you know, looking back on seeing like a lot of great players now, like Tiger, like his dad did the same thing. Like always, yeah, I was dragging him out doing crazy stuff. And, you know, my, my dad would do the same thing, always driving me around, always saying, let's go, let's go. And 
after dinner, like it would almost be dark and he'd be like, all right, let's go to the range just for like 40 minutes, like get something done. You know what I mean? And that's good now because that's how I think now I'm always like, oh, I got to do this or that. So mm-hmm. yeah, at some point I think a golfer is going to have to put in those like kind of disciplinarian years. Like I think back to our, our brother, Mike, when he was going through his college days and ramping up and then he, he kind of hit this next level when he kind of treated golf as like a training camp, right. In terms of like just putting in those kind of ungodly hours and putting in the grunt, you, you know, to get to a certain point, especially as a putter, I think you yeah. have to put in those grunt hours and some of it's not enjoyable. Yeah. Right. No. Yeah. You're going to have to, at some point, like you just can't get by just scraping by. I see it at school. Like a couple of guys on my train team just try to scrape by and it just shows in tournaments, like good guys that are ranked well in the world rankings and stuff like that. Just like, scraping little by little not doing as much as they should and it shows man like it's funny like my like I wake up every morning at the same time go to bed kind of at the same time other than the off season and do the same thing basically every day and people they're like guys on my team are be like man like why are you practicing like it's Sunday and I'm like well what else am I gonna do like I have nothing else to do mm-hmm. so, boy, what am I gonna sit and lay in my dorm like it's just about that like I mean I think to myself like I'm in Florida especially like being from Canada right like you're in Florida and it's beautiful and it's you look on your uh you look on your phone it's January you check the weather back home it's negative you know what I mean like you're in Florida and it's still 25 degrees it's like why wouldn't you just go practice and that's like the whole basis of why I transferred because you know if I wasn't going to practice all the time and be able to utilize the opportunity I have then like what's the point of even going to school I might as well stay home if I'm not gonna you know put in the extra work I mean that's why I went home like I, like I realized that I was like, I'm not going to make it to the next level. So what, what is the point of staying? I know that's a bit of a grim message to like tell, like if you're like say 19 and you're at a Northern school and you're like number eight on the team and you're not like thinking that you're going to be too committed. Cause my perspective was like, you're, you might not be able to get the greatest education down there. So it's like, if you're, if you're, if you're down there, it's either you're there to go a hundred percent committed or what's the point. It's like, you're there to just party and spend the next four years in a different yeah. place yeah I, I, again though like some people some people do enjoy that like they just they want to have the experience but um yeah i mean I, it's the right just curious like when when you practice these days because you said like back in the early days you were like you, you didn't like practice sometimes it wasn't something you always enjoyed do you do you genuinely enjoy practice now or do you go through moments where you're just like not feeling it um i do i do love practice now because it's kind of on my own so i can kind of do uh as i want especially on the days we don't have like team practice and i'm working on my own like i can kind of do as i want so i love it right like i love practicing but like on days that i get there and like sometimes you know like you got to drag yourself out of the house too right because you know who it your brother mike is always the one telling me he's always like you know what's that sometimes it's just that first 15 minutes right like same thing with working out like it's gonna suck for 15 and then after that like it's gonna you're gonna start focusing and your brain's going to switch on and everything's going to be fine and mm-hmm. I kind of wait like a good 15 minutes because sometimes like when I'm in my dorm I'm like man like I don't even want to golf today and like that's you know not all that that never happens in Florida maybe a couple it's happened to me a couple times but and then I'll go over to the facility it's a three four minute drive and I'll go try to practice and you know what if I'm not feeling it then I'm not going to force myself because I found that like when I'm not feeling it and I'm like kind of forcing myself and I'm not all there I just go through the motions anyways and I don't get anything done or I'll yeah. end up just seeing it bad and just feel worse about my game. So on the days that like I go there and I'm just like, man, it's just not happening. Then I just leave and 
you know, I'll come back later or something. I'll practice again later on for an hour or something, just get something done. Mm. But I'm battling with that a little bit here too, right? Like I've been hitting like the nets and stuff and man, it's been a grind for me trying to get, drag myself down there to go hit in the warehouse. Yeah. That's the thing I've been talking to Mike about, oh, your brother about it too. And I'm just like, man, like I just can't, like I feel horrible about myself. But at the same time, I'm just like, man, I just don't really have like that big of a desire to just hit into the net like over and over again. So I'm happy that the courses are yeah. opened up. But That's why you're working on that that pull up game. <laughs> yeah. So I've just been working out instead. So it's not yeah. too bad. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, Johnny, just like switching from like practice oriented stuff to like on course. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you you had a massive win last year. Uh, what what was the tournament called again that that uh, he won? Tavistock Collegiate. Which is like one of the top ten at least tournaments in the NCAA, right? They used to be, used to be like top three for the longest time, and I think this year it was like ten. It was top ten for sure. Well, yeah, I mean the players, like you look at the leaderboard, the players all like almost all the guys in the top ten were in it. Um, so like that, that was a huge step for you this year to win like what was kind of like a major championship of NCAA golf for yeah. you, man, for for you, man. Like, and I got to see it up close and and actually caddy you. What's like? on course mindset like what do you try to focus on if there's anything um like just from a mental game standpoint what are some yeah. big keys um i mean personally like i still have to work on like my mental game obviously like that's one thing that still holds me back from time to time but a lot of like my mental game's like a lot better now but i uh i see a mental coach and stuff and i've seen uh my mental guy i saw him like a couple times before i won that tournament and that tournament was the best i've ever uh, had my mental game but it's also hard to say what I was doing differently because I was also like playing like really good golf like I've never like when you win an event like that like and shoot the numbers like when I look back at it like I've never done that in a tournament um like three days in a row playing that well and that consistent like the three days I went I hit 16 greens the first day shot 69 hit 17 the second day and shot 69 and then I hit 17 the last day and shot 66. So, like, I wasn't missing any shots. And, like, I just kept giving myself chances. So, like, I knew it was going to fall eventually. But um, my mindset was good. I was just trying to stay chill out there. My family was there. So I was kind of just trying to have a little bit of fun. First round, I was just trying to see what was going to happen. And I wasn't playing well off the start. And I got it together. And I finished well in my last, you know, nine holes and shot three under. Because I was – one up no sorry I was four under on the back I shot one over on the front nine and it could have went the other way and I just you know kept telling myself you know come on like no way it's only nine holes into this tournament and the back nine's a little easier so I made a little bit of a run and made like I think four birdies on the back and shot 69 three under and then and then I just kept it rolling the next day but I remember uh I remember my buddy on my team shooting 68 the first round and he was in the and he was in the lead and like um, he was getting interviewed <clears throat> by like the TV people and golf channel and all that after the first round. <clears throat> and I was almost, obviously it's a team game, but I was like, man, like, like I want that. Like, you know what I mean? Like I want to put myself in this position. And I went out the next day, shot another 69 and I was up there in the, I think I was one shot back going into the last round. And I thought to myself for sure, I was like, you know, sitting in the hotel room the night before I talked to my dad I talked to uh my coach Scott Cokes you guys were taught by him as well and I was just thinking to myself like if I shoot another three under like there's no way I probably don't win and like I'm mm -hmm. thinking well like oh, if I just fire another three under like that's easy like 
there's par fives. I go, all I have to do is birdie a couple par fives and just par a couple par fours. It seems easy, but like in tournaments, it's true. If you just take advantage of the par fives, birdie at least two of them. There's two under right there. Realistically, if you're hitting the ball well off the tee and you're hitting good long irons and stuff, you're going to birdie a couple to par fives at least. Mm. So then I was like, yep, yeah, for sure. And then next thing I know, I look at the, like, um, I birdied the first hole. I made like a 25 footer. And I said to my buddy walking off the green because he was watching and golf channel and the cameras were out because um, I was in the final group of the, uh, the tournament. And <clears throat> I said to my buddy, I was like, hey, man, like, I'm definitely winning this tournament. Uh, right after the first hole, I said it out loud to him. He just kind of laughed. He goes, yeah, go get her. <laughs> and then I um, I looked after nine, and I was – I think I had a two, one or two shot – I think it was a one or two shot lead after nine holes. And I think I had shot maybe three under on the front. I was already three or three under or something. And I was like, damn, like I only have a one shot lead, so I'll just keep it going. And then I just played steady. And then next thing I know, um, I finally asked – um, my buddy who was watching me, who was a prior UCF grad, he graduated the year before I got in on hole 16. I was like, man, what am I at? And he's like, you got a one shot lead. And like, I missed a five footer for birdie on 16 and was a little annoyed. And then I, uh, went for a risky par five and two when my coach told me not to, uh, cause when I had a one shot lead and I have this trusty hybrid and like, I never, I don't really miss when I'm hitting it well. So. I just hit that up there and made an easy birdie and had a two-shot lead and gave myself a chance down the stretch, and it kind of just fell into place. I made a bogey on the last, but, I mean, that's why I went for it on 17. I told him after, I go, hey, that's why I went for it. I gave myself <laughs> more of a cushion, so it's good, yeah. It was, was, it that, was it that orange-shafted hybrid? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's, the, that's key. Man, it's interesting, though, like, talking about, uh, like, you said something that was, like, that really stuck with me just through that is, like, I just try to keep it chill out there and yeah i like, play super chill like i really i try not to get too riled up sometimes i get too high sometimes i get too low but once you find that kind of middle ground and you can find that middle ground it's uh it's nice because it's funny right after i won like my whole mindset of golf and tournaments like actually changed because you know i gave myself a little bit of that confidence and i got that confidence i said hey you know what like i can go like i can go win any event like you just think about it i go if you just go out on any given day and shoot a couple under every day like you don't have to do anything crazy come out and shoot six under you know you can shoot two under every day on some courses and you know you might have it uh, you shoot two under the first two days realistically you're probably going to have a decent shot mm -hmm. lots around you may shoot, have to shoot four or five under to win or or something but at least you're giving you're putting yourself in that position and not like kind of rushing through it because i found i was doing that in other tournaments i would get there and i'd be like oh man, like I want to make a statement first round, like shoot a couple under or, you know, like five under, four under. But now it's just like, you know what, just go in with that confidence and trust your game and rely on some of the par fives and hit good shots. And like if you just shoot a couple under every round and you'll give yourself a chance at most of the events, even if the courses are hard, right? Yeah. Well, and I, I think that like that, I think one, that mindset comes from a standpoint of it's easier to be chill at a tournament if you know you've prepared properly. Yeah. And, and you're going in, it's like, yeah, I don't have any questions going in. Um, mm. And then the other piece is obviously when you're there is just is enjoying it. It's interesting. Like when I did, when I did caddy you, I was, I was actually nervous, like caddying. Cause I'm like, man, like I, I haven't seen your game in like a couple of years and I know you got really good. Um, 
and I was just like, I got to be professional as hell. Like, I can't, I can't talk at all. If he doesn't want to talk, I'm not going <laughs> to. And that was like, actually one of the funnest times I've had on the course. Cause we were like laughing the whole time, joking. Like, yeah, yeah. We almost yeah. didn't talk about golf until like 10 seconds before uh, we arrived at the ball. Like maybe yeah. like about the next shot that was coming up. But other than that, we just had a good time. And like, you didn't have your best game. You got your best stuff, but you're still a couple under for the two days there. Um, yeah. But uh, that's just about. I knew I didn't have my good game, and mm -hmm. I knew that having a caddy obviously helps. And you, I've known basically my whole life, right? My whole golf life, at least. And yeah, we just had fun out there. And <clears throat> that's like a big thing about it, too, right? And it's funny, I did that in uh, Las Vegas when I played my last college event this year. We played in Vegas, and this was a same, similar field, basically similar field, probably a little bit better. I know the tournament was ranked higher. Um, in like the collegiate world, it was still like a highly ranked event. Um, all there's about ten of the top, ten of the top twenty guys ranked in the world were at the event at this college event. It was a UNLV's event, and mm. I had my uh, my head coach Bryce Waller at UCF just caddy for me the whole um, tournament. You know, just walk with me. I was like, you know what, like let's try this out, like. Me and him uh, have a lot in common. We're similar personalities, so it was super fun. And I went out there, and I ended up getting a backdoor top 10, uh, finishing ninth in Vegas, shooting 66 or 67 my last round, mm. um, getting a really good finish there. So same thing, just having a lot of fun, like trying to have a little more fun on the golf course. Like, man, some of the conversations we were having, it was just, like, ridiculous and some of the stuff that was said, like, during a serious golf event, serious golf tournament, but – yeah. I mean, that's what it's all about. You see the guys out there talking to their caddies on tour and stuff. Like, you know they're not really talking about golf in between shots. I know they're not. Yeah. Yeah. They wow. do it all day, every day. They need some sort of release from it, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I Like, I, that's what I like doing, too. I like walking, you know, talking with my opponents. I don't really like playing with people who I can't talk to or not having someone to at least talk to a little bit. So that's something that helps me a lot is having somewhere out there, someone out there you can talk to and kind of joke around with, like, and someone that can calm you down at the same time if uh, if you're playing a little bad. Mm. I think a, a lot of golfers can end up beating them beating themselves up before the uh, the tournament even starts, taking it too seriously, right? Like you oh, see yeah, some sure. that get super quiet and super different right before they tee up. I was guilty of that growing up, and you get to the first tee and you already kind of beat yourself before you even get going, right? So mm -hmm. I'm sure you've seen that quite a bit. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing I noticed playing with you quite a bit last year, Johnny, is just your um your business like mindset towards your own game in terms of also not caring so much about other people's games right mm -hmm. and there's that's one thing I really noticed about you is that you're you're very much into your own game and you kind of even if like someone is having a bad day off the tee you might even get to a certain point where you're not going to go and maybe you know out of respect just for your own game not like helping them on every little uh you know ball that gets missed right so where did you kind of develop that mindset um you know what I don't really know where that came from because sometimes it's sometimes it's a bad thing and but most of the time it is a good thing but um I think it's a good thing I think it's a good thing too because it's funny after every hole if I'm playing a tournament I'm gonna I have to ask the guy I'm playing with what he made basically every hole yeah and sometimes I feel horrible about it because I'm like I know he just made a bad score but like I have no idea I know he didn't make par so I'm like, man, what did you make there? And I just let him tell me. But it's it's every time. I'm sure guys understand. But, yeah, um, it is There's funny. A... I look for balls. I help them look for balls. But, man, like, when I'm, like, kind of in the zone, like, I'll, I'll help you look if I 
kind of see where it went. But honestly, most of the time, like I'm kind of worrying on my own, worrying about my own game. And if, if guys are on the tee and they're playing bad and they're hitting tee shots and they're not watching their own ball, like that's my one thing. If you didn't watch your ball off the tee, then I'm not helping you. <laughs> yeah, it's a, lot you. Time, yeah. a lot of the time, I don't even watch them hit. Like a lot of the time, I'll just look at them. And if they look away rattled or something, I already know I'm not helping you look for your ball. Mm-hmm. And that's what my coach always says. He goes, like, don't take your eyes off the golf ball in the air. Like, if you look away and stuff, like, you're not going to be able to find it. Because who else cares? Like, you're the only one that's, you know what I mean? Like, you, it's your game. It's your score. Like, no one has to help you look for your ball. And I don't want to make it sound like I'm an ass or anything. Like, I do help look for balls if you're a good dude. And, you know, like, I'll help you. But if you're playing bad and, and you're not watching your own ball and you said, hey, did you see where that went? It's like. You're asking me where your ball went? Like, no, I don't know. I saw where mine went, not yours. Yeah. Well, that's one thing I noticed uh, that Mike did really well when he won the men's match play is <clears throat> Chris was caddying him that day, and I was really observing, like, kind of the dynamic of their caddy relationship. And Mike would actually completely look away. He'd look down at a scorecard or he'd look off into the trees as, as a player would hit. And it was Chris's job to basically watch where the ball was going. And I think that's a really important thing to think about for golfers is that, um, you know, getting like even even having a bad visual right before you step up to have a tee shot if someone's playing bad in your group can really mess you up mentally. So that's one thing I noticed that you do really well and Mike also did uh, extremely well too. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's super tough to like uh, try to zone them out too. Like if someone you're playing with is like Athens, uh, you know, like a snob, you know, playing bad, like they're complaining – and I just find that so annoying when they're just complaining about the course, like oh, how'd that putt not drop? And it's just like just tap your ball and move on, like you made par or whatever. Like let's go. It's funny, like I, I used to be too. If I had a player that would play like that in my group, I would call them out. Like when I was like thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, and yeah. uh, even that like actually hurt my game more because I would I would call them out, and then I would start to get stressed out about like now there's an awkward relationship in the group and you really just you have to just turn your blinders on and not not care almost yeah you actually almost have to have tunnel vision and that's what I have like I really don't like I'll talk to the guys in my group but like on the first tee I'll catch the vibe if they're if I'm going to be talking to this person or not for the rest of the round like I've played guys I met on the first tee and I said hey how are you like nice to meet you and right away I know I go okay I'm I already know that this guy's not going to want to talk and that's fine I don't it's it's all good but Mm-hmm. It's all about getting, like, I, I really find that dynamic right on the first tee before I even hit the ball. I kind of know what's going to go on, and I know who's going to probably play bad and who's going to play good just by their first tee shot. Like, they're getting mad right off the first, off a bad tee shot on the first tee. I kind of already know where that's going to where that's gonna go. Sure. Um, so, Johnny, one, one last question, man, um, not to keep you too long. What, uh, like, where you're at right now with your game, um, what are what do you feel to get kind of to the level that you want to get to, which ultimately is the PGA Tour at a high level? What are just things that you feel you need to work on to get there? Like if you can figure out a couple things to kind yeah. of get to that level. Um, I just think I just think the biggest thing is uh, just consistency, just like finding on those bad days that you're having, or if you're having a bad tournament, and this is something I'm notorious for, is something I need to get better at. Is just finding a way to shoot, just you know, like two over or something you know like on a bad round instead of having like that 76 because like that that 76 and like a good ncaa tournament you're basically done right 176 gets thrown up and you're basically kind of 
are you throwing yourself out of it? I, I don't want to say that right off. Like if you shoot 76 opening round, like, yeah, you could back it up with a couple sixties and finish really well. But what I mean, like catching that, um, that, you know, you're not playing that well and you know, you're not hitting that well. And instead of just like going out there and like, okay, I hope I hit it well. Like, I hope I have it. I hope I have it. Just like understanding that maybe you don't and just be like, okay, you know what? I'm going to have to find a way to shoot, scrape it around and shoot two over. Like who cares if I hit it bad? I know I'm hitting it like this. So like, I'm just going to have to find a way to scrape it around if I'm hitting it as bad as I'm thinking. And that's something that I think is super big because you see guys in the tour, like they're playing bad. You hear them in their post round interviews. They shot one under and they're like, yeah, didn't play well. And like I've had tournament rounds like that too, like where I'm coming off the course and I shot two under and I'm like, man, I didn't play well. Mm. And you know what? And like just finding that consistency and not letting yourself get those big, uh, those big numbers and, and um, they go for par rounds in tournaments is basically what kills you. Like you can't be making like doubles out there where you got to somehow save bogey and stuff like that. And playing with guys like um, uh, seeing guys play like Victor Hovland in college and seeing, uh, playing with guys from Oklahoma State who are now on tour. I just see them, like, they'll hit a real bad shot off the tee and somehow scavenge and make bogey or somehow scrape out a par. Like, you never see anyone, like, that high level making double bogeys because they just kill your score. Like, <clears throat> doubles just kill you. Like, right mm -hmm. away, one under, you got a good start going, and you make a double, and you're back to – and then you're one over. It's like, that just killed my score. Whereas yeah. you make – You make wins a bird, then you make a bogey, you're only even par. Mm. You know, that's that's fine yeah but yeah uh, i want to say one other thing actually yeah that's small consistency right but i want to say anything else like i think i'm uh i'm confident in my game maybe not right, right now i need to practice but um <laughs> definitely where i've come with like ucf and stuff i think i have like a really uh i have a really good circle around me right now and i think that's another thing that's super important is like finding that circle of not just not friends, but yeah, that's good to have good friends that you can rely on. But I mean, like, you, know, you got your physio people and you got your coach, you got your main swing coach, and then you have maybe another coach like your university coach who helps you out from time to time. Because, you know, my university coach helps me do drills and helps me do stuff like that. Of like, hey, come look at this. Uh, where are my feeding? I mean, just stuff like on my own, just having that circle of people who can connect with each other and um just like a team around you is really what's going to help you get to the next level because that's what my coach helped me do at UCF he's just the amount of drills and the amount of stuff we do with him like he makes us do certain things that we probably don't want to do and we it it makes us better like I know for practices sometimes we'll sit there and be doing wedges and stuff and we have this whole big wedge facility that we can move back all the way to like man like you hit like full eight irons but so we put wow. this big target on like this uh um incline of a hill it's probably about like a 35 40 degree incline of a hill and you just you slap a target on it makes a loud noise if you hit it it's pretty big it's about five feet wide and so it's five by five circle and we'll start at 50 yards and he goes we're doing this for two hours like you have to hit five in a row from 50 to move to 55 mm. And we're going to do this every practice for like every Tuesday, Thursday, we're going to do it for at least an hour. Wow. What's and the, what's the farthest you've ever gone from the target? So we just started doing that. Like he started implementing that a lot in like a last, uh, like the last little bit of school. But I, I only in like a couple, uh, I only got back to like a hundred yards. 
Right. And like I was, I whipped everybody on my team because like hitting <laughs> five in a row, it's windy. Like hitting five in a row on that target, like that target basically means like you're hitting your number every time, like m- missing it by that maybe your actual target. Mm. And that's the annoying thing with the wind and everything. But that's what just makes you better, like wedges, and that's some things that I really um, honed in on this year is uh, just wedge game and just. And I feel like that's really what just excels your game even more just knowing exactly how far everything's going and how mm. and just takes the guessing out of it but i mean the big thing is just team like consistency and team and then they kind of create yeah. a, a, an environment around you to get the right things done exactly yeah, yeah. And having a team is cool too because um obviously it gets like a little bit cocky here and there like obviously mm. i'm gonna i want to hit the target before you and when they hit it before me i'm like i get annoyed but yeah it's good to have that competitiveness on the team which we have so it's good that's awesome man dude i, I appreciate you joining us um yeah, no we'll end it there man just i'm free all day if you have any other questions you want to get across or anything just let me know it's no man it's fun. huge because we're, we're at the point of starting up and uh it helps us right. so yeah cool. man I, I can't wait to see where things go but uh thanks for joining us yeah um, no problem thanks guys yeah.